GameStrat is the number one choice for football coaches looking for the most reliable and advanced sideline replay system on the market. More coaches are switching to GameStrat because it simply works when it's supposed to work. And unlike other systems, GameStrat is simpler to set up and use, delivers the fastest video transfer times in the industry, gives you the most tagging capabilities, and has the best game day support. Choose GameStrat for your game day needs. Cultural Classroom is supported by Lausanne Learning, a nonprofit run by educators for educators with a mission to engage students, empower teachers, and transform schools. Through professional development conferences focusing on active learning, practical resources, and reflective teaching, including fishbowl classrooms and a unique teacher-to-teacher -teacher consulting program, Lausanne Learning is providing the authentic professional development your school needs. Visit them at lawsandlearning.com today to find one of their active learning conferences near you and to learn more about changing education from the ground up. Yes, the standard. The standard is the standard. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yep. All right. Well, JT, let's take it away. In the classroom today is a man who needs very little introduction. He is an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur. He is the mayor of Goonville from the Dallas Fort Worth area. What? Brady Jackson. It is a pleasure to have you on today. Oh, John. Thanks. What a big honor. Uh, man, I can't wait to get going. I've known John Weaver for a long time, and so uh, honored when, when when both y'all asked me. So uh, thanks again. Man, yeah, Randy, you know our 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 um, I guess livelihood or meeting each other started a long time ago when I was on this culture journey, and you helped catapult me to to the levels I am today. So, I, man, having you on our podcast, I can't thank you enough. Man, it, you know, heck, I was in a bad place in my life and uh, hired a Brian Kane who helped me kind of get going on mine. And so it's kind of neat to be able to mentor others. And, and uh, you know, not that I feel like I'm your mentor, but uh, just to, you know, talk about it and other people um, kind of gravitate to it. And so, uh, you know, you guys are doing good stuff, man. There's so many people that worry about the newest RPO, and, and it's all about the foundation of your house, which is culture. Oh, so true. Uh, it's such a great way to look at it. And first of all, Randy, want to give you a chance here to talk about your new book, Culture Defeat Strategy 2. Tell us a little bit about that. I know Coach Weaver and I have already read it, but tell us a little bit about what the premise is there, what you want coaches to gain out of that. Okay. Um, so – just real quickly, in 2016, I wrote Culture Defeat Strategy and uh, wrote it very conversationally, very, I mean, I laugh and say, okay, it's third grade reading level and all, but it's the best thing about, I think, Culture Defeat Strategy is core values. I mean, it was the things that I learned, how to do core values, how to let the players be in on it. And so I was at Grapevine at the time. I left Grapevine uh, two years later, went to North Pointy. It needed a culture overhaul. I mean, all of, you know, you don't, the jobs don't come open if they don't need a culture overhaul. So, so basically, uh, we had a good year in, in my first year of the year. We were 10 and three and, 
And I thought, man, there's a book in there. And so basically what Culture Defeat Strategy 1 is core values and how to make them intentional. And Culture Defeat Strategy 2 is more of the daily fist fight and how to take your core values and apply them daily um, and the, just the process of all that. So I think Culture Defeat Strategy 2 is a new school. It's a different challenge that we had, but it's taking the core values and some of the stuff from Culture Defeat Strategy 1 and taking it um, into the daily fist fight in the next level. Yeah, I, I gravitated to Culture Defeat Strategy 1, and uh, I got a copy, I think, when you were speaking in Tunica. And, man, when when I got a hold of that one, it, it was kind of the rule book, the tools that you need to get it going. And CDS2 is more practical application, I think, for for uh, for coaches that want to – and for me, I think you got to read one before you read two to get the jump yeah, start. You got to – like, so there's, there's a rhyme and a reason to each one of them. Yeah, I think really if you – I mean, really the mother of all culture uh, is core values. And – like, I'm just, tomorrow I'm going to release, anyway, the end of January I'm going to release a little video course of the, the three absolutes of elite culture. And, and one is you have to have an intentional culture. Two is core values. And three is the daily fist fight. And so one is just the whole foundation of it and all. I've had a guy tell me, and I'm real proud of this, he's like, oh, just like the Bible of building culture. And two is how you take that and just go with it. And that's, I think, you know, you could get something out of two, but uh, but if you read one first, it's going to help a lot. Well, and I think that's where Coach Weaver and I talk about building core values. We talk about those building blocks that are going to be your foundation, like you talked about your cornerstones that you're going to hang your hat on. In Monarch football, we talk about these are the things we're going to pound sand for. You know, we're going to go to the wall for. I've heard it expressed also. But in Culture Defeat Strategy 2, you really do a great job of outlining some real tangible tools coaches can use with their team. So tell us a little bit about some of the motivational lessons you use and how you come up with those. Well, for me, I like to read, um, I like to go to clinics, and I like to learn. But I do not like reading a book and finishing it and go, what can I take from this book and use? And no offense to college D1 coaches, but I really don't care how many yards Stephen Jones had or whoever, you know, I'm just making up a name, uh, when, you know, Jackson University played Weaver State, right? I mean, I don't really care to go through your – I want to know what you do with your team. And that, that's, so, that's really my – my biggest motivation is I want people to take both these books and say, I can use this, this, and this. And so, like, my favorite chapter of the Culture Defeat Strategy 2 is probably Chapter 3 when it talks about when I got the, the biggest break of my career maybe is getting to go to a P.J. Fleck team meeting and describing how that team meeting went and the video clips and all that. And So it's at least the biggest break of my little culture journey. And so – for me, that's my biggest motivation is I want people to read something, uh, whether it's an article or whatever, and, and it's here's what I can take from and I can take from, from my team. And so, and I want it to be easy stuff. Like in Chapter 2, I talk about everything matters, and that's one of my biggest phrases. And so I'm not just going to talk about how important everything matters is because I, 
I think all three of us and everybody listening would go, yeah, everything matters. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, but, you know, let's take it out of theoretical and let's get into the real practical. And, and so for us, like, um, um, behavior matters. And so if our kid in our program gets a bad email from a teacher, then we, so we have battalion, and each battalion has a different color shirt with a question mark on it that means we don't know about you. That's in CDS1. you got to prove yourself. And so, not, anyway, if a kid gets a bad email or any kind of discipline problem, we're going to find a 3X red shirt because red is not part of our school color. It's not any of our battalion colors. We're going to take a, a big red shirt. We're going to put it on that kid, and he's going to wear that shirt until that teacher tells us when she's happy or he's happy. And so just little things like that, I think a coach can read that and go, yeah, yeah, you know. Like um, for us, um, accountability is big. And strength. So like on our shirts, we write their maxes down. And so I want everybody like, I want everybody to know, hey, here's what your max is. And so um, I just came up with this. But in the spring, on our helmets, so we get to do – full patch spring ball, we have college coaches that come by, um, we're going to put their squad on the right side of their helmet in three-inch numbers, and we're going to put their power clean on the left side of their helmet in three-inch numbers. And every coach that comes to watch North Point practice, they're going to see how strong our kids are. And so, you know, our five or six kids that are prospects, I would think they're grinding right now to help that number go up. So just, just things like that that I think um, coach can take and go, I mean, I hope there's probably 20 things in CDS2 you could use, and I think a good coach is going to take two or three or maybe four and, and apply them. Right. Well, it's a, to me, Randy, when you were talking about, you know, how no, we, we say we don't know you, so we're going to not put anything on your shirt, and it's a plain shirt with a question mark. I was watching something with Ole Miss yesterday, and I watched the video, and they don't even have Ole Miss on their shirts. And their strength and conditioning coach told them they have to earn the Ole Miss on their shirt. Um, yeah, so just another tactic to where we don't know you, and you got to prove yourself. So a big yeah. thing, a big thing I think, Randy, also is, is you know leadership academies are huge for today's world uh, in in high school and college sports uh, of how to build leadership. You know, we tell people to be leaders all the time, but then we have to teach them to be leaders uh, in order for, for them to be able to lead. So, you know, with the presentations and what we did with the culture connection with you, uh, can you kind of tell our listeners how you go about outlining um, the leadership PowerPoints? Like, how do you tell the story in a presentation? Uh, you know, it's really just, I think it's kind of like writing a book or something where it's just, okay, I'm going to, so, so when I was first approached about writing a book, I'm like, man, I can't write a book. And Brian Kane said, oh, it's easy. Just make your core values each of your chapters. Oh, well, I can do that, right? So that's kind of how I take a leadership PowerPoint is I, can, I think, okay, what do I want to fix with my team? And so, like, right now, this PowerPoint is for sale. Y'all talk about right now we're doing the uh, sweep the shed. Uh, our locker room's kind of a little, been a little bit of an issue. I haven't shown this PowerPoint to our team since 2017, so none of these guys have seen it. Uh, it's been improved, right, because I didn't have video clips back then because I hadn't been to a P.J. Fleck team meeting. But so I'm going to come up with a title. What do I want to fix? I'm going to try to kind of come up with a title. And then I'm going to think who is elite 
that is doing what I'm trying to fix. Because I want to present to our guys, the elite people, I don't want to just talk about, hey, we need to work harder and we need to do this. And, man, back when I was in high school, our coach had us do this. Well, you know, y'all are yawning probably right now even just listening to this. So kids today who aren't making, you know, like they're not kids, they aren't watching cat videos. They're making videos to put on social media. So if you think you're just going to stand in front of your team and tell them stuff and if that's really going to be effective, I think you're, you know, I really think you're missing the boat. And so we're going to go, okay, what do we need to fix? Who's the elite that's doing that now? I'm going to find those guys, or I'm going to find that story. I'm going to try to find video clips of them, and I'm going to try to find video clips of a movie that also stresses it. And, you know, sometimes I can and sometimes I can't, but, you know, like always compete. You know, that's a Pete Carroll phrase. So compete's one of our core values. you got to stress your core values. And so, you know, I've got some Pete Carroll stuff in there, and then I've got clips from Achilles, you know, uh, Brad Pitt that played Achilles and about being remembered. And so I think those are the things that um, if you'll just kind of come up with that, and anybody listening, if you're making leadership PowerPoint, uh, man, I'd love to know, right? Like, I think I think the, the, it's endless. And when, when I first got back from Minnesota in the spring of 18, and I started researching movie clips and all, like, it's a rabbit. Like, you can just stay in that rabbit hole forever, but it's fun. And once you do it, you'll really get addicted to it. Uh, but it takes a while, right, to make a good one because you got to have questions with them and all. But So you got to make it. You gotta. I think you have to find people very elite. You have to find movie clips, and you have to make it relevant to them. And and you have to stop. I mean, they have to be part of the discussion. I, I think if a coach is going to stand up there and just preach to them for fifteen or twenty minutes, that's no good either. So there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects to doing it really right. Right. That's interesting. You brought up. You know, when you were in Minnesota, you know, PJ Flake is very intentional about what he puts and what content he puts in front of his team. I mean. I knew they did a special on him on the Big Ten Network when he was first hired, and it showed a clip of him and the video coordinator saying, I want this, and they were talking about the Holy Grail and that Indiana Jones and stuff like that. So uh, it's neat to see that that is at North Forney. So here's my next question to you. You talk about these leadership, but you also mentioned something interesting that other coaches, so you empower your other coaches to get in front and also lead these PowerPoints. Can you talk about that just for a minute on how – how you are, are there any rules, regulations, responsibilities from the position coach relaying the message to the team? Yeah, so great question. So in the in the summer, um, let's say like 2018, this is an easy one. So in 2018, our, our slogan or motto was carry your shield. And that was from ancient Sparta. Uh, they always put their shield on the left and they fought with their right hand. And if they lost their helmet or breastplate, then it was okay. But if they ever lost their shield, it was punishable by death because the shield was protecting the guy next to them. And so they would always, if they had anybody in their battalion or wherever that were related, they always put them next to each other because they would, they would protect them more. And so I came up with leadership lessons or titles that all dealt with carrier shield. And I gave those to, and I put it out to our coaches. Here are the titles. Who wants what? And so the coaches chose the titles, 
And now there, here's how we do it in the fall. We're, they're going to present on Monday for 20 minutes. And they must have a video clip. Really, they must have two video clips. One of them needs to be from a movie. they got to have questions. they have interaction. And I tell here's the one standard I really want to have is whoever goes, you got to outdo who went the week before. And we're trying to outdo each other. We're trying to make this awesome. And they do a great job. And in the spring, now I've got more time on my hands. They're busy. There are other stuff going. So in the spring, I do them. And those are the ones that are on my website. And so on Monday, I'm going to present to the team. On Tuesday, we're going to get in the battalion groups and discuss. On Wednesday, I'm going to present to the team again. On Thursday, they're going to get in the battalion groups and discuss. And then on Friday, I'm either going to present to the team again if my lesson's still going, or we're going to um, kind of have discuss from the week the take-homes and things like that. So that's our basic structure. I hope that is kind of what you're wanting to know, right? I hope that answers it. Yeah, it did, because we're going to do – we're doing something different. We're going to go throughout the whole semester. So we're going to go every other Wednesday morning with our team and go throughout the whole semester, and each coach is going to rotate through. Um, that's how we're going to outline it. So – you know, to our listeners, there's no rhyme or reason. I think the main thing is just get it started. Get something started that's going to help your team and leadership aspect. Yeah, and the kids love it. I mean, I, I this is in this is in CDS too, but in 2017, our kids had never had a leadership PowerPoint or anything presented to them. And I can remember a coach telling me in class, some of the players going, "Coach, hey, what's Coach Jackson going to talk about today?" You know, the players. They dig it. You know, I mean, in 2018, we were four and six. Things weren't good. And I, one of our players said, Coach, we got to do it. We got to be better on our leadership lessons. And, you know, so it, it's matter. Once you get it going, kind of like you said, John, they won't want it to stop. I mean, you just got to get it going. Yeah. You know, I, I think you bring up a good model, too, of getting your assistant coaches involved because sometimes. We think one person has to be the designated culture guy when really it should be shared among everybody. Yeah, 100%. Like if you want any, you don't want your players to think you're the only one. And, you know, as a head coach, I, I think we are the ones who, I mean, it's a big deal and all that kind of stuff. But, man, our, our assistant coaches, they knock it out of the park. You know, they, they, they do a great job. And so, yeah, I'm with you, like, if you want a real culture, it's got to be from every coach. And if I and some and, and really, I'm glad you said that, John, because in the spring there will be some coaches who will present. I just don't make them present in the spring. I allow them to, and so some coaches will, and some won't. And but I just don't add that to their plate in the spring. And but yeah, that I think it's really important um, that the the kids hear everybody's voice. Well, if you aren't sure how to get started with a PowerPoint presentation, go to randyjackson.com and download one of his and use that as a model. I think that's really helpful. My question for you, Coach Jackson, building off that is, so there's kind of an art to putting a presentation together. What kind of message do you want your team to get? But then there's also an art of when you break out a specific lesson. Tell us kind of your blueprint on when you break out really cool lessons that you think are going to fit that week. Well, I just think you got to know what phase you're in. You got to kind of know what, you know, like, so, like, we started doing stuff 
something different this year where we pair our kids up every day in off season and they compete. It's awesome. I mean, so we're going to compete on squat. And so we're going to squat and we kind of do things a little different. We're pretty unconventional here, but we're going to squat two days a week for 10 minutes. And we're going to get as many sets and reps and we're going to give them percentage and reps or whatever. But the last three minutes of that 10 minutes, if you and I are, well, let's say you got two Johns here, so y'all two are competing against each other. Well, the last three minutes, y'all are both going to put 85% on the bar and go to failure, all right? And so whoever, it doesn't matter who's strongest as far as maxes or whatever that's, so whoever gets the most reps, they win. Anyway, so I know I'm kind of I'm kind of chasing a rabbit here, but so bottom line is we're competing on every station, and so – you probably already know this, but so what PowerPoint do I need to show? I need to show something about competition. You know, I need to talk to them about uh, here's why competition is important. And so the next week I showed meritocracy, which is on my website or whatever. And meritocracy means basically is you get what you earn. And there's a video clip of Tony Romo handing the keys basically back Prescott talking about, you know, he's, He's sad, right? He's injured, but football's a meritocracy, and and he doesn't deserve to play. And then there's then there's Jim Harbaugh talking about a meritocracy, and and so in the PowerPoint I explain how in Michigan at Michigan, if you're recruited by Michigan, and and you don't uphold the standard, they're going to drop your offer. Then in practice, here's how they rank players in practice, and then in games, there's a deal about how he talked to a kicker and he told him it's a meritocracy. And then I got some Nick Saban video clips. And so I guess the bottom line is, is we did something that we started competing one-on-one. And so I've got to know, okay, these are the weeks. Now I need to talk about competition and meritocracy and things like that. Last week I'm talking to my coaches. We meet pretty much every morning. And, hey, the locker room didn't well, Okay, let's go sweep the shed. You know, so I, I've got alpha teammate. I got, so I just think it's, you know, so we'll, we'll do boot camp. Um, at the end of February, and I'll, you know, I'll I'll make some I'll make some PowerPoints specifically that talk about the military, not so much like the Navy SEAL stuff, but there'll probably be a little bit in there. But so I think you got to you got to ask yourself, okay, what what are we stressing? What are we emphasizing? That's the PowerPoint. Those are the things I need to sell to our team right now. Yeah, I know a lot of teams do like the um, a theme of the week. So in the fall, they'll have a a theme that kind of goes along with each uh, pattern. So week one might be discipline. Week two might be uh, courage. Week three and so forth. Do y'all do anything like that? Or you kind of take it week by week to kind of see, say say you had a big win against a big opponent, like a top five team. And do you kind of scratch that and do like a theme that goes with, uh, all right, we got to handle it, like how we handle success. Or do you almost have a predetermined theme for each week during the fall? Do you do that, or is it different? Yeah. During the fall, we have a predetermined because coaches have signed up for weeks. Okay. You know, and they sign up for, okay, I got a coach that graduated from Forney High School, and he wants to do that week, you know. So uh, so we got predetermined weeks in the fall. That's not a bad idea, honestly. But um, I think for the most part, we're going to talk about core values. So the things in the in the presentation are still going to always come back. So if a coach is doing something the 40 week and it's 
it's something about carrier shield and all that. We're still talking to him about make sure our core values are represented right. in that presentation. And so now in the spring, I will make sure we do a week on juice. We do a week on competition, blue collar tough and all that, where we're still driving home our core values. Um, but, you know, in the fall, I think it's a little art. These presentations are, you know, they're really a few hours to make. Mm-hmm. So it would be pretty tough. You know, we're preparing on the weekend and all that stuff to say, okay, we're going to we're gonna make a presentation for Monday. Yeah, that'd be pretty tough. Right. Guys, I didn't know if y'all had anything outlined to where maybe you would come in on, like, and not override, but just like, hey, we just had a big win. I need to talk about how our team needs to handle success. And maybe even no, hit that and, with them or something like yeah. that. You know, really, John, that's, that's why I like always, you know, you always get better when you talk about things, but it wouldn't be a terrible thing to have a few PowerPoints like that in your vault in case you needed them. Right. You know, that really wouldn't be a bad deal at all. It's probably a great idea. So, you know, thanks for, you know, I'll, I'll get to work on that, and I'm going to give – whenever <laughs> I make them, I'm going to give them to you. All right. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Coach Jackson, I want to talk. I'm going to build off that for a moment. I want to talk about reteaching. Like, do you ever have any questions where the kids are really hype about something, and you thought the message was awesome, and you go back to it later on in the season, or maybe when you're in that second season of the playoff run? Do you ever reteach? Do you go back and get on things or reemphasize things that you already on? Um, I can't tell you that we really. We've done that really formally. Now, here, here's something. Here's how we reteach. And, and this is – I'm really glad you, you got into this because this can be lost. Um, I, I believe in spaced repetition. So, I believe in free practice walkthrough. I believe in a team takeoff on air. I believe in – team setting and then I believe in 11 on 11 good on good and so and then we're going to practice in the morning and then we're going to come back after school and lift weights and watch film and we're going to do a walkthrough of our tempo plays and so we're we're going to our guys are going to work anyway space repetition right they're going to they're going to they're going to get some of it at least six times a day and so Here's how we space repetition our leadership lessons is our mode of communication with our team is WhatsApp. And uh, there's a lot of them out there, but WhatsApp is basically remind one-on-one on steroids. It's a group texting deal, but kids can answer. Everybody can participate. And so what it's done for me is I don't get all these texts, when's practice or what, you know, they can put it in WhatsApp and another player can answer or another coach can answer, but it's taken a lot of communication off of me where I don't have to answer all this stuff. But so here's some magic I think is we're going to do a morning leadership lesson sometime around lunch or whenever in the afternoon, I'm going to pose a question in WhatsApp about the, about the lesson and you must answer. I mean, it's not like voluntary. You're not going to get extra. Like, if you don't answer, you're going to bear crawl. And so we'll do stuff like, okay, um, we're doing all meritocracy. Then, okay, I want you to find a picture quote. You know, if you can visualize, a picture quote is like visualize Muhammad Ali standing over his opponent, and there's a quote there. So the picture quotes are all over the Internet, right? So I'm going to say put a picture quote, post it in WhatsApp, about 
something that deals with meritocracy. The meritocracy doesn't have to be in the, in the quote because it's not a word you could find much. You can't copy anybody else's, and there's 100 kids, right, in our offseason right now. And if we don't have 100 picture quotes tomorrow, then somebody's bear crawling. So that's a way I think you can really drive home your message. And so I know, John, I didn't answer your question great, but we don't, we don't really go back and reteach it five weeks later, but we have WhatsApp that we can face repetition, and that's probably our best way of reteaching. No, I think that's phenomenal, actually. Uh, that's one of our biggest challenges in our program right now is how do you hold people accountable without it feeling like coach is breathing down my neck all the time. We know yeah. that, like, the best pressure comes from peers, not coaches, but we haven't quite turned that corner yet in our program. Yeah, and I think, you know, you got to make it fun a little bit, too. Like, you know, in Texas, the only thing you can legally do for kids is feed them. And so – you know, every now and then I might say, hey, whoever has the best picture quote, you're going to, uh, hey, I'll give you a hamburger, right? Or, you know, a water burger, you know, hamburger meal or something. So you got to kind of make it fun, but the players will get into that. Again, that's how they communicate, you know. I mean, heck, they're getting where they don't use letters anymore. They just use emojis, you know. And so hadn't done this before, but I ought to say, hey, give me the, the emoji that reminds you the most about our leadership lesson. Now I wouldn't understand them, so I guess they can <laughs> trick me or whatever. But, you know, the more you can get kids having to communicate and think. So kids will be kids will be at lunch or something, and, man, I mean, on WhatsApp, your phone will just start dinging. It's pretty neat. <laughs> well, <clears throat> Randy, I want to I dive into this a little bit. And it, it's, it hits home with me, and JT, you do it as well. Um, but I want to talk about identities within your program and how you identify like maybe assistant coaches have position groups that they call themselves uh you know john you have the uh the stone cutters i have the arb is there anything inside your program randy where your assistant coaches are mandated to have a position group identity to where it's like a, a microculture and they own they own that little microculture so it gives them a sense of hey, I'm in our big culture of understanding what North Pointy football is about, but I also have my position group that I, I see these guys daily. Yeah, I, I'm just going to tell you, we don't do a good job with, like, what you're doing is next level, and we have – here's here's so here's a micro-identity for us. is uh, There's two things I can tell you that, that might you, people be able to use. Um, this is in CDS too, but there's a guy from Wake Forest who had a personal handshake for everybody on the team. And so I don't know how he did it, but he had a hundred different handshakes. Cortez, so, are you his name? You can go find his YouTube video. Yeah. And again, it is awesome, you know. And so um, I had a few personal handshakes with kids, and every time they saw me, they wanted to do that handshake. So our unit groups have handshakes. And, you know, some of your coaches get into that, some don't. But the players love it, right? And that's, that's the main thing. So we have unit group handshakes. Um, it's hard to describe them on, you know, on, on audio. But I'm sure everybody can kind of understand, you know, hey, there's a fist bump and there's a whatever. You know, there's a there's just a – they're five-second handshakes. But, yeah, get on YouTube. I wish I could remember his name. But uh, it's really a cool story. And then – well, in Dallas, Texas, we have a big issue with Select 707. 
um, man, it's a it's a bad deal here. And so, talk about anti culture. Uh, you know, select seven on seven. So, had a, one of my young receiver. I coached him in high school, and I'm like a proud dad telling this story. But he came to me about a year ago. He said, Coach, let let's make our own select seven on seven. Like let's let's kind of model what they're doing and call ourselves. So in doubt, and the, the Cowboys, they have their D-line, it's called the Hot Boys or something, or their defensive front. And So we call ourselves, we're the North Pointy Falcons, so we call ourselves the Fly Boys. I told him, I said, you need to come up with a logo and things like that. And so, man, they've got Fly Boys gear and stuff like that. We qualified for the state 7-on-7 tournament last year for the first time. It's not easy to do. And – a couple of weeks ago, we went to a tournament. We were the only high school team, like a true team at the tournament. Everybody else were select seven on seven teams. And we really talked a lot about that, about, you know, guys, we got beat by a team whose quarterback was from Houston thrown to a receiver from South Dallas. They're never, they're not running their school's plays. They're never going to, you know, they're never going to connect in a regular season game. And here we are, and they beat us 21-14, right? And so, not like we went, but... But our team, our guys are out there competing as a team, getting better as a team, uh, and and but they have an identity called Flyboys that they love. So I love what you're doing with your stuff, both of y'all. I think we need to do a better job with it. But that's our two examples of having like a unit identity. Right. And- yeah. The the Wake Forest football player, his name's Cortez Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I want to say there's a kindergarten teacher somewhere or like a third grade teacher somewhere in a high school or middle school, something like that, that also has that. So every student that walks in his class, he has a different handshake for every one of those kids. Um, how so, great, I mean, how great is that, right? Every kid is looking forward to, to greeting him at the door. Right. Well, I, you know, I think it's too easy. It just goes back to the relationship piece. You have to be intentional, like create your own thing, and then build an authentic relationship. Right. Yeah, and and meeting kids where they want to be. You know, like we we had a, a a meeting yesterday with my athletic director, me and a couple of coaches, and you know, some kids from the minor sports. Just like everywhere, feel like they're not appreciated, like football and basketball are the big team sports. And you know, my comment was, are the other sports, are their coaches on Twitter? Are they on social media? Are they loving their kids up with their love language, which is social media? Yeah. You know, so I think wherever, if you really want to fascinate your kids and move that needle relationshiply, like, like I love a good dad joke, and I'll tell a dad joke to my team and mess around, and I'm 52, and they'll like whatever. But we all know it can't all just be, you know, you got to go. Like, you got to get – in their world some if you want to move the needle yeah and look i was telling jt about this somebody getting in their world so i have to do this drill tape for these clinics coming up and i didn't you know during the season i'm not going to remember to bring out a camera and tell a kid to hey record these drills so yesterday i had six seniors come out and do drill tape with me who are done playing for us and I called JT afterwards, and I was like, man, this is what culture is. This is, this is the, the pain and the sweat and the, the drive that they did for the last two years for me as their wide receiver coach to come out, and it was 40 degrees outside, which is cold for the south. JT, I know it's like negative eight in Iowa right now. But 
but we're, you know, for them to do that, and they sent me a text, you know, I thanked them last night, and uh, they said, Coach, we w wouldn't rather do, we, we wouldn't do it for anybody else, you know, and it, I think it's that culture piece, and they said, anything for the pilot, and that's, you know, that's my call sign that I have in the ARB, but every one of them said that, and, and I think a lot of coaches, Randy, you know, you want to love your players, you want to fascinate your players, but that love aspect is such a fine line that you can't go around just telling every player you love them. It goes back to the relationship piece, JT, that you talked about, that if you don't love them uh, and have those hard conversations of like, hey, this is what our culture is, and this is what our culture's not, and we're going to act this way, then you can't really love your kids the way they need to be loved and understand how you coach and how you run your football program. I mean, I, I think love is accountability. Like, I think young coaches, or maybe coaches, you can mess this up by thinking, you know, I think if you're interviewing for a job, it's the word relationships needs to come out of your mouth at least 10 to 12 times. But it's not peer-to-peer -peer relationship. Mm -mm. I mean, that it is father-son relationship. And those guys who came out yesterday and did that for you didn't do it because you're their buddy. They did it because they respect you and – you know, you're younger than me, but it's like an uncle-nephew relationship probably with those guys, and that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so there's one, and, and I told JT this, that there's one where he made an awesome catch against Park Lane. Like, Moss, two dudes. It was all I put it on Twitter, you know, who, hashtag who got mossed or you got mossed or whatever it was. And uh, after that catch, somebody took a picture of me chewing him out on the sideline. And – the, the, what they don't know is the play before that is he was coming off a comeback route and I didn't want him to run the comeback route because he's not our best comeback runner. And uh, we call we call a timeout, call another play. Well, he catches a touchdown. I'm going to high-five him. He comes back and yells it like, yells it. Don't you ever take me off a comeback route again to where I was going to celebrate and it turned straight into, I know you didn't. So we had a yeah. hard conversation about right there on the sideline about what what we're about and what we're not about. We're not about a me player. We're about a we, a team, and stuff like that. So without that accountability aspect, without that relationship piece, I couldn't have that conversation with him and have a, a, a good ending to that, to where he understood, he apologized that he was out of line. But I think our listeners need to understand that the culture part isn't warm and fuzzy all the time. There's accountability. There's relationship building. Uh, there's trust that has to go into that. So it, it's it's murky and muddy sometimes. Um, but a lot of people just want to dive into, oh, it's that feel-good stuff. Well, well, it's not. So can you talk about a little bit either um, at Grapevine and at North Forney of where how it how hard was it to build that culture? Well, it's, it's father-son. You know, I, I just think everybody can relate to this. You know, if, if you're in a – Walmart or a restaurant or whatever, and and a, a young man would say what he that what to his dad what he said to you on don't you ever and fill in the blank, then that means that guy's not doing a good job of parenting. At least now I'm not saying you weren't you know, but you, if you wouldn't have fixed that, then you wouldn't have been doing your job as a coach. So it has got to be. It can't all be handshakes. I think, you know, it's again, it's a, um, the ratio of positive and negative is five to one. Mm -hmm. And they say that a marriage 
that is three positive to one negative is dysfunctional. And a marriage that's two positive to one negative is going to end in divorce. So you've got to give them the positive. I mean, five to one is the ratio. It's the, you know, it's the, uh, when they, they broke down John Wooden at a practice and 89% of everything that came out of his mouth was teaching. And so there's all that, in, you know, but, but here's the deal. Like our, we have to help raise these kids. And so it has got to be uh, just like a dad talking to a son. It's got to be, man, when we got to hold, we got to hold the standard and, and we got to hold them accountable. And a dad that won't do that for a son is not a good dad. Right. We talk to our guys about that a lot. And so if I have a kid who's kind of a problem kid, so my son's name is Russ. And every now and then I'll call him Russ or say love it. You know, I've got a kid whose last name is Johnson, who I was told he's a senior this year. He was elected captain. I, when I got here, it was the spring of his freshman year, I was told he will never make it. Because if you're going to come in here and make things hard, and, and we did. I mean, I'm telling you, it was, I mean, glasses broke, babies cried, there was gnashing of teeth. I mean, there was, there's a new, I mean, no, I shouldn't, but revelation could add a new chapter what happened here in 17 you know so um but so this kid makes it and every now instead of johnson i'll call him jackson because he doesn't have a dad at home you know and i'll say dewan jackson and man i i just think but you have to if if i wouldn't have held him accountable and treated him like a son like where when he screwed up if i wouldn't have disciplined him then it wouldn't mean much to him. And so I just think you can't be, I think everything in moderation, you know, if you're only praising them, uh, they're going to quit hearing that. If you're only criticizing them, they're going to quit hearing that. But, uh, you know, when I got here in 17 at, at North 20, it was the most selfish culture I'd ever been. The, the first six games of the year, we suspended at least one starter. And, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And, well, after that, they started realizing it was going to be my way, and we, you know, we end up like well, there's one kid that we suspended twice out of the first six games, and he ended up being our best receiver the last seven games of the year, and he ended up signing a D2 scholarship, and so it's a deal, man. But you can't look the other way, and you can't sacrifice your culture for it. But um, it's it's what. I, the, it's my phrase, man. It's the daily fist fight, and you got to bring it every day. And it, after about two off seasons, you know, it's the trains on the track. And now, you know, now it's still a daily fist fight for me, but but it's not hard every every day like it was when I first started. It, it, anybody listening, when you take a head job, like here's the analogy I love: if a plane takes off, uses seventy five percent of the fuel taken off, cruising altitude, they don't hardly use any fuel. So your first year or two probably going to be hard and you better have a system you better have a plan in place you better be doing leadership academy you better if you don't have core values so when a kid messes up at north Florida, i'll say so what which core values are you representing acting this way in class and so you need to have all that in your you know you, you need to have systems in place but you got to be ready uh to do it every day and once you do that and you, you'll be a cruise mountain, and you'll be fine. And you still have to do leadership lessons, all that, but it won't be hard. Right, right. Those daily marginal gains that you can get yeah. from from first year coach to second year coach to now you're you're comfortable running the ship. And once you're sailing, it's a little bit easier to navigate the waters than 
in the rough sea that you know that when you first take a job and you got everything coming at you. So great analogy, um, Randy. This is gonna do it for our time. We're man, we're we're so glad to have you on our show. Um, we're gonna have to get you on again too. Man, I'd be honored, y'all. Man, y'all do a great job. Um, I, I, I've been amazed to see just the projection of y'all's podcast, the Culture Classroom. Just you know, the people you've had on, and um, you know, wow. So you guys have been blessed. Like, and, I, and what I love about you guys is your heart's in the right place, and you just want to help coaches. And uh, I commend you. So great job. Thank you so much, Randy. Thank you.